when you wake up on Monday morning, you forget that it's Monday. Mm. You don't remember that it's Monday. You just remember that you are going out doing something that you love and with people that you love. So living free through investments allows people to take control of their time and their, and their talents and their treasure that they're putting forth out into the world. Are you a follower of Jesus that feels called to expand the kingdom of God through building and growing successful businesses? If that's you, then welcome to the Kingdom Capitalist Show that interviews amazing Christians using their business and money-making abilities to expand God's kingdom all over the globe. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, and welcome to the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Kingdom Capitalist Show. Another amazing guest. This is going to be an amazing episode. We have on the call today Logan Freeman. He is a former Oakland Raider for all of the football fans out there, and most importantly, a man of God, a faithful man of God, and a Kingdom Capitalist. Logan, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for having me, man. I'm really excited about this today. Dude, this is going to be an amazing episode. Our our call earlier was was just so incredible. I know we share so many thoughts about mindset, about finance, about uh, real estate, and of course, our love for Jesus. Um, of course, so, man. Just I'm so so pumped. Uh, you know, last last time we actually started with a prayer, and so if that's okay with you, man, I just want to ask God to bless His time, and then we can jump in together. Please. All right, let's go. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time uh, to have Logan on this call. And I, I know that his story and his life is going to be an encouragement to so many people out there. And so I just pray that you would bring out um, what it is that you want to bring out and that you would uh, really bless this time um, to help people really live free. And so that, that your name would be made great and that um, people could really break free from um, – Whatever it is, Lord, that they, they, they need freedom from. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dude, so, so tell our listeners, man, a little bit about yourself, where you are in the world, and kind of what you currently have going on. Will do. So I am located in Missouri, which is right in the middle of the United States. Not a lot of people know exactly where Missouri is. I grew up in the capital, and uh, your listeners are going to get a little bit of a of a history lesson because the capital of Missouri is Jefferson city. Everybody thinks it might be Kansas city or St. Louis or something else, but it's actually a little town called Jefferson city, Missouri. And Jefferson city is a, uh, it's right on the Missouri river and there's a lot of farms and a lot of trucks where I grew up. And so, you know, I, I grew up, man, just watching my mom and my, my dad and my mom really just working her tail off to, to really kind of give us what we needed as, as children. So I have two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister, and I'm blessed to have both of them in my life. And uh, at a very ripe age of 14, I told my mom, I said, Mom, I would love to go find a job. And she said, well, Logan, you know, you have to be 16 usually to get a job, sometimes 15, but definitely not newly 14. And I said, baloney. And so I went out and uh, started talking to everybody saying, hey, I'll work for whatever you'll pay me. And I found a couple jobs, man, at a catering business, learning how to fix machinery, believe it or not, but also sweeping floors, mopping floors, doing dishes, 
catering big weddings and on the weekends I would throw hay um, in the field on the back of a truck for for about six to eight hours twice a weekend and so I think I might be the only person that I've I've talked to that was 14 and a half and he asked his mom to go start a Roth IRA and I said mom I need your signature I called I didn't, I didn't ask her to do it for me. I cold called a bunch of investment firms. I found who I wanted to invest with. And uh, I had a phone call with him. And then I said, hey, I'm ready to open one up. He said, all right, what's your date of birth? And it was 2004 at the time. And I said, 1990. And he said, whoa, well, you know, you have to be at least, at least a certain age. I can't remember what it was, maybe 18 or 16. And I said, no problem. I'll have my mom co-sign. So the next week we were in there, I started my own Roth IRA. And, um, what real you know, quick, I, where, where, where did you get the sure. idea at 14 and a half that you should have started a Roth IRA? Dave Ramsey. Okay. You, believe it or not. <laughs> All Dave right. Ramsey was my first financial education, anything. And, okay. uh, it all happened because I, I uh, saw a class or it was at a church, I think, you know, his program, Financial Peace, was at a lot of churches. And so is that one of the churches I was at? And I was like, what is that? And they started talking about it. And I was like, man, that's, that's interesting. My money's just sitting in a savings account, all 500 bucks of it, you know? And, uh, and I said, well, let me see, what's the minimum? So I, I waited till I had enough to go to the minimum. And, and boy, did I start that Roth IRA out and I was proud to max that thing out every single year, which isn't really all that much, but for a 14, 15, 16 year old, that was a big goal. So, um, I think that that story kind of just illustrates and highlights the fact that, you know, I didn't come from a whole lot, but I, what I come from, I, I learned to value every single dollar that, uh, that you make, you know, I think it was five bucks an hour whenever I started uh, minimum wage and, uh, Wow, you know, if that doesn't tell you how to value, you know, every two weeks you get a check that's 200, 300 bucks. And, you know, I mean, that's, that was a lot of money to me back then. And I respected that money. I tried to invest that money from a very young age. Fast forward, let's say 10 years, I went to college, got a master's degree in business and uh, a successful football career at the University of Central Missouri. Go Mules, by the way. We are 10-0 and 0 right now. Let's go. And uh, we're released. Yes, let's go is right. So the team's doing great. And uh, I was a captain there for three or four seasons. I can't remember what it was. And and I uh, picked up by the Oakland Raiders. Unfortunately, as a Chiefs fan, that was not the, the, the number one place that I really wanted to go. But, you know, you don't say no when <laughs> yeah. one of those teams calls you. You just go. And uh, ultimately, God had a much different plan for me and in my life. And, uh, there was a couple big decision points else that, uh, that happened during that period of time, but was ultimately cut from, from the NFL. And, you know, I identified myself as a athlete for so long that whenever that, that happened to me, I really had to take stock of, okay, who are you? What are you made of? What is this life about? And what are you going to do? And, uh, you know, my faith has always been, there in my life. And I'll just say it like that. But up until that point, I didn't realize that it was the only thing in my life that had been constant across those 22, 23 years of my life. And so I took that moment and another moment that happened about six or seven months later to really jump back into 
understanding scripture, understanding how to live my life led by the Holy Spirit and how to make decisions to glorify God every single day. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm, that kind of led me to Kansas City and, and starting my company, Live Free Investments, and, uh, and what I do on a regular basis. And so there's a lot there to unpack. I guess there's one last thing I'll say about that, and I'll let you ask some questions. Was sure. Whenever I got cut from the NFL, I went back and, and finished my master's degree. And my, my father had always battled with drugs and alcohol. And, you know, that was December that I finished my degree he, he came up and, and helped me move out of my apartment, but he couldn't even make it up the stairs. Less than a month later, he was, he was, uh, he was brain dead basically and, and had had a stroke and uh, all due to liver cirrhosis and, and he passed away um, from, from that. And so again, being cut from the NFL, no longer an athlete, boom, six months later, not even six months later, sorry, like, yeah, I guess it was probably six months later, my dad was with me one day and he wasn't the next. And so um, both of those events was like, okay, wow, life is fickle. You really, really need to get yourself on track. It still took me many years after that to get on track. But what I did do is I started, I started to take Jesus off of the circle of, of my life. The wheel of life is what I call, you know, you got your spiritual, your emotional, your physical, professional. And uh, Jesus was just one of those, Right. And I had a mentor. He said, yeah, Logan, but uh, you've got that wrong. I said, what do you mean? I'm, I'm working on all these different areas. He goes, take Jesus and put him in the center. Mm. Then you'll have your priorities right. And boom, the moment that that did, the light bulb went off. I said, everything that I'm doing revolves around him. Not He's not just one of the things in my life. So mm. um, that led me to Kansas City now and, and uh, kind of what I'm doing else. Wow, man, that's a, a powerful story. There, there is a lot there to unpack. I want to ask you, so you said a couple of things because I think um, there's been so many different entrepreneurs or kingdom capitalists that come on this show, and it seems like the same question keeps coming up. And I just want to make sure people yep. get this, that you, so you kind of had this, this turning point or, or some things happening in your life, and it forced you to ask this question, who am I? Right, like That's right. who am I at the core? And and of course, as a follower of Jesus, as a child of God, that's exactly who we are. We're we are children of God. But I guess more that's specifically, right. I wanted to ask you, like, when that moment came and, and you were forced to ask that question, hey, who am I really? I'm not an athlete. I'm not just a you know, a hard hard worker. Like, who was that? What came out of that question? Uh, who am I? Well, I, uh, I started to do a lot of research. I started to do a lot of reading. Uh, purpose Driven Life was in there. Mr. Rick Warren, that book really helped me understand what my purpose was here in life. I would uh, highly recommend somebody, if they're kind of wondering, hey, what's, what's God got in store for me or what do I need to focus on? Uh, a good friend of mine recommended that book, and we actually went through that together. Uh, it was about his sixth time, I think, going through it. But that, that book really helped me understand what my purpose was. And out of that exercise in the last five or six years of my life, I realized that I've been graced, I've been blessed through God's grace to have a few strengths or talents, whatever you want to call them. And one of, that is, one of them is just natural leadership. And people just tend to be attracted and just and kind of move to where I'm, I'm going some, somewhat. It's there's a little bit more to unpack there, but 
I would say that I had a, I have felt like I had a, not a burden, but I had an opportunity to show people that they could live out a capitalist life, but also live it out for the kingdom. And so through that journey of going through purpose driven life, I started reading a lot of Matthew Kelly. He's also a Christian author. Uh, the Rhythm of Life was his book. Uh, Rediscover Jesus was an incredible book. Uh, and I just started reading these these uh, authors that were writing about Jesus and, and what's your purpose for your life. And I realized that my purpose was to try to get as many people as I possibly could, utilizing my strengths and talents, trying to get them to heaven. And that has been my driving force ever since, to see somebody who is on the outside, successful, you know, I guess I'll call myself somewhat in shape. You know, I'm on the treadmill right now. If, if your listeners didn't know that, I'm getting my steps in right now. But somebody who's, you know, taking care of their family, their faith first, but their family, their fitness, their friends, helping others and say, okay, you know, that guy seems to be living it out on a regular basis. Maybe I can do something like that. Maybe I can do one of those things and just help them understand that, you know, what we see on a regular basis on social media, the news, um, a lot of books is not actually what will bring you joy and happiness. Happiness is fickle. Joy is, is, is what we're all longing for. And so my purpose through all of that was to get as many people as I possibly could to heaven, share the gospel, share the good news, right? That's what gospel means. Share the good news to as many people as I possibly could. And my wife challenges me on a regular basis to not do it from talking, but to do it by walking the walk. She says, Logan, you got to walk the walk so you don't have to talk the talk. And you need to be able to talk, and you can, but that's not what you lead with. I think it was St. Francis of Assisi said something around the nature of pray always, and when you need to, or preach always, and when you need to, speak. That resonated with me. Right. So trying to live out the best version of myself every single day to motivate other people and inspire other people, inspire us in spirit to, to help inspire people you got a little, to do uh, the same. You know, you got a little motivational speaker behind you too, man. You know what I mean? I know you're a real estate investor guy, but maybe, you know, maybe you, uh, you got some good one-liners in here. Maybe, you, you know, you got another path <laughs> as well. <laughs> I, you know, I... Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, no, I was just, I'm just messing, man. But I, I wanted to ask you oh, because I know. Yeah. you, um, you know, I, I love that. Yes, I mean that that is the vision, right? Like that's what a king, like the heart of a kingdom capitalist is. We're for King Jesus. Like uh, n- none of this matters unless we we are out to to build His kingdom and not our own. But that's right. Enough. I think the reason this show is so different and the reason we're so passionate about this is because most of the time, Logan, when when that when that passion or that vision begins to catch someone that, Hey, I want to help people realize the joy that I have found in Christ. Really the only route, or I shouldn't say the only, but normally it's like, well, then maybe you should go be a missionary or maybe you should go be a pastor or, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but you did something very different. You actually went and started creating businesses. And so that's right. Why do you like, why did you choose that route or how did you in, be encouraged to go down that road instead of, go into full-time ministry. Absolutely. Well, so a few, a few reasons, uh, Ellis. One is, is I was, I, I, I feel called as a man to be 
married and have children and in our faith, the Catholic faith, to be a full-time priest, you cannot do that. And I never felt called to lead people in that way. I always, and I was open to it. I really was. Actually, whenever I got cut from the NFL, it was almost like, okay, am I going to finish my master's? Am I going to go military or do I do something with my faith? And I, I spent a lot of time with that and asked a lot of people, a lot of questions. And I really felt called to be a husband and be a father. And so again, in our faith, you know, this is kind of the going, the go, <laughs> the going joke is, you know, Catholics got a bunch of fans or a bunch of kids. Right. And so um, the reason I started building businesses is because I was around so many amazing Christian men in my life that had such a profound impact on their community, on their church, on their children, on their wives, and they owned businesses. And guess what? Them uh, owning a business allowed them to glorify God in a new and different light. And when I saw that the first time, it was a friend, Brad Munson, who owned a Chick-fil-A in Lee Summit, Missouri, here in Kansas City. He has five kids now, maybe six. I don't remember. But he, he was adopting a daughter at the time. He had three kids of his own already. I think he's got five now. Yeah. I watched him glorify Jesus through not only impacting everybody at his business, a Chick-fil-A, right? You know, you get a lot of people coming through there. And they're a Christian company and, and all that. So he was able to impact so many lives that way as well as being involved in his in his church and I said, wow, I think that if I can financially get to a certain point, I can have a massive impact on my community, on my church, on the poor, on the homeless, on the sick, on the imprisoned, you name it. And so I was extremely motivated to get to a point in my life where I would be able to have what I'll call a greater impact on those types of individuals in those scenarios if I was looked at as a influential person. Um, believe it or not, it doesn't matter where you're at in life, politics are always going to be there. And so being somebody who had good relationships with a lot of different people and a lot of different organizations and was also, you know, leading change in the community, I'm trying to build this, what we'll call uh, this reputation as somebody that can have a massive impact on certain those certain areas of life that I'm trying to focus on. And so early on in my life, I started to see that I could continue to glorify God and actually had a somewhat of a, a greater level, I felt, if I was building businesses. And let me ask you a question, Ellis. The people who are going to church, that are reading scripture, and that are are doing the things that they're trying to do to live their lives, those people are reached out to and, and um, pastors and missionaries will have a great impact on them. But most of the people that maybe don't know Jesus or they don't, uh, living out the gospel is not on the forefront of their lives. What are they doing? Mm. Well, they're doing business. They're in politics sometimes. Mm. They're doing other things. So I thought about it and I said, okay, well, what if I could be quote unquote, one of those people, but also bring the mission to them. So I felt like I was almost getting another, you know, we're all real estate. We're all, we're all, we're all in, we're all capitalists. I figured, well, maybe there's a niche that I'm called to go impact instead of people that are already seeking, seeking the good Lord out. 
maybe I can bring it to people who maybe are not. And so I think I'll just, um, I think I'll send with that because that was a lot to, to go through as well. I love it. That's so good. I mean, I, I, um, ah, there's so much there. I hope, I hope our listeners are getting like, thank you first brother for just your witness and your example and what you're doing. Um, and that, and, and, yeah, I think we, we kind of get this confused that, uh, that the pastors or the ministers, the church, really their role is to equip the saints. It's to equip guys like that's you, right. right? To go out and then, and then to be the saints um, in the world. That, that's such a beautiful thing. And then another thing you say, I kind of think about it like a kind of like four quadrants almost where um, the far left – well, it's going to be hard to explain, but so maybe I'll uh, I'll draw it for on YouTube for people later. But what you're saying there we go. Is that is that you wanted to not just have um, impact with your time, but also impact with your wealth, right? That's exactly right. And that is huge. And I think so often, I think for me, that was a big transition in my life and my mindset where I realized, like, I, I really didn't like money. I really didn't like wealth and, and what it did because I saw some of the things to do with my family and in and, and different areas. And so I was just like, I never want to, I never want to touch wealth. Right. I just, let me give, right. my, let me just donate my time because, you know, I, I don't want anything to do with money. And, and, I, and I thought like from a Christian worldview that money was going to be evil anyway. So I just didn't mess with it. But then I got to a stage in my life where I realized I'm only living out half my impact. That's right. right. Like I, I, I am actually limited in the amount of impact I can create because I'm so scared of wealth that I don't have any of it. And there's a lot more I want to do, but I can't do anything. I, or at least I, I, I was limited to my time. And, and that was a massive transition for me. So I love what you said there. And I hope that's hitting a lot of our listeners today. I'll give you a, a really good example. And I think that you did a wonderful job illustrating that. I was, I was at a, I was at a, a, a what was called a, a gala this weekend with a good friend of mine who sits on the board of this, of this organization that helps single moms get through raising kids um, by themselves. Right. And so, you know, 80 or there's about the statistic, I'll, I'll butcher this, but the statistic is that moms that are raising children, their kids are almost, 80 or five to 90% more likely to end up in bars because they're, they don't have a father figure in the life. Mm. Right. So I, and I'll butcher that. I don't know what the exact statistic is, but there was all of these very compelling statistics. My wife and I are sitting at that table and you know, the pastor gets up <laughs> and he starts raising money and, uh, and he gets up there and he starts getting people motivated. And my wife looked at me and the number came up that we were comfortable doing and, uh, and we did it, you know, without any thought about it. I wasn't worried about it. I had already bought two silent auction items that we had won. My wife was like, Logan, I feel called to do this. So I said, sweet, do it. And boom, we just had a massive impact. We were, we were sponsoring a single mom for a full year to provide clothes uh, for their family because of, of what we've been able to do. Now, if I was sitting there worried about where my, my capital was going to come from or, or what I'm doing and, and I would never have been able to do that, right? Or my wife would never have been able to look at me. And when she looked, I, I knew it, right? I was like, all right, it, we're, we're ready. And uh, she threw her, her thing up in the air. And I knew we were going to have this conversation. And I said, that's the Holy Spirit working through 
exactly what we were going to be talking about today because I had no reservation. It was awesome that we could sponsor a, a single mom for a full year to provide clothing, their boutique, um, without even thinking about it. Mm. So anyways, I think that's a great example that how you, how money does not, um, money just magnifies what you already value. Gosh, so if your values are already, if your values are already there, money is just going to magnify that. Now, at a certain point, you might get to in your career or somebody might get to in their career where it's, they need to sit down with somebody and, and say, okay, well, I feel like, you know, we've given back a lot. We've done this. And then there's still this chunk of money. And what do you do with that? I'd rather be in that position than, oh man, can't give, can't get to that organization this month, you know? So that's the way I see it in my brain. And, and it's allowed me to start our own foundation here in Kansas city, because I have some of the freedom and the time that we, we have always wanted to, to be able to impact other people. So anyways, that's uh, I think Incredible. a pretty good example that just happened on Friday night or Saturday night. So it was I, pretty cool. I, I, there's so much I want to, but I, I really want to circle back to that because you know, you talk about the spirit of God moving and, and lining this conversation up. I want to share a, a story as well that relates exactly to that because Please. last night, my wife and I were sitting on the couch and we had just done a Facebook live to kind of announce this show. And, and so we were excited about this and we're talking about kingdom capitalists. And you know what she asked me, she said, Ellis, how does this apply or how does this help the single mom who, who can't get ahead? Like this is exactly what happened last night. And I, and I was like, I don't really quite know, babe, but I, I think, I think if we can help, the, the the entrepreneurs and the business owners and the capitalists really see that it's their calling to go and make a difference and really create successful businesses that maybe they can help those single moms kind of get a leg up or get ahead just enough that maybe they could also you know, start their own business or whatever it is, because a lot of those single moms don't have the margin to probably even listen to this podcast show. So, so maybe our calling is to help the capitalists. Maybe our, our calling is to help the entrepreneurs so that they could give to those single moms. And like, I'm almost in tears right now, man, because here you are, like I'm, I'm highlighting your story. I'm encouraging you because you were literally at, I can't wait to share this story. You were at an event last night and because God has blessed you and you have a vision for this, you were able to support one of those single moms. Like if that's not that's right, like that's amazing. Oh, praise God. It absolutely man. is. That is, a, it's just, <laughs> that wow. is, you know, some people would call that a coincidence. I don't, I don't call that a coincidence at all. <laughs> that's incredible. I, Oh, that is like, this is one of the most powerful moments on the show, man. Seriously, this is, this is incredible. I just feel like God is smiling at us. Like just this, this is, <laughs> this is what we need to talk about. So, um, wow. So I, I want to get into, uh, I know there's going to be a lot of young entrepreneurs listening to this show and a lot of young capitalists and guys who are beginning to kind of build wealth and figure out what do I do with my wealth? And this is one of the things I've gotten really passionate about is just helping people think differently about financial education. And so um, I know both, you know, I are, you know, we're real estate investors. We both really like larger multifamily and maybe we can get into that too. But I guess I just would like to, sure. um, your, your company live free investments. 
there's a that, that's a that's a pretty interesting name, Live Free Investments, and I know that has a lot to do with kind of the way you think about investments and finances. And so, maybe walk us through as you're talking with investors, kind of the the framework in which you're thinking about, like what does Live Free mean, and how is that maybe different from the traditional or conventional way that we have been taught to invest? Absolutely. Well, I would recommend everybody go listen to a few of Eric Taylor's recordings on Spotify and or YouTube. I feel like it's Eric Taylor. Is it Eric? Um, he has, anyways, uh, if it's not Eric Taylor, it's Eric something. And he has a hashtag TGIM. And that means, thank God, it's Monday. And he's a Christian. Eric but Thomas. But not TGIF. Eric Thomas. There you Eric go. Thomas. Sorry. Eric Thomas. Thank e. God, literally, that it's Monday. And I want to challenge all the people that are listening to this. If you have anxiety, stress, fear, when you wake up on Monday, that you have, you feel like somebody's pressing their thumb or you have to be somewhere at a certain time to do something for somebody else. Live Free Investments, the core of our methodology and the reason behind that name is that when you wake up on Monday morning, you forget that it's Monday. Mm. You don't remember that it's Monday. You just remember that you are going out doing something that you love and with people that you love. So living free through investments allows people to take control of their time and their, and their talents and their treasure that they're putting forth out into the world. So I, I am a, I have a, uh, what I will call a passion to inspire people to think differently about the social norms around eight to five, Monday to Friday, you know, all of these things that have been created by man, not by anybody else. But if you think about the old entrepreneurs, right? John D. Rockefeller, you think about Henry Ford, those guys, Albert Einstein, you know, Ben Franklin, those guys didn't even remember what day it was. They just continued to work tirelessly on what they were motivated and inspired to do. And so the way that we think about that is if you can create, and this is a little bit of Tim Ferriss as well, if you can create a investment vehicle that allows you to normalize your expenses, right? I got a little Dave Ramsey still in there, so I don't love a bunch of bad debt, okay? So schools, I'm not saying school's bad. I'm saying school debt, car debt, all of these things first. You need to probably address some of those of those things. If you have that credit card debt, it's the same, the same boat. But if you can find a way to normalize your expenses by creating a vehicle that actually produces safe and predictable returns, that will allow you to not have the roadblock of, oh my gosh, I have to go trade my time for money. And so through Live Free Investments, I've been able to help hundreds of investors to get passive income. And when I say passive, I mean they're still very active in what they're doing a lot of the times. But passive in the sense that once it's already done, it might be front-loaded, but once all that work is done, it has created you know, a certain number for them a month that they feel like, okay, now I can breathe. Now I have some margin and now I have some free time to go work on what I actually love to do. And so that's the mantra behind literary investments and 
that name came about actually before I was even really involved in real estate full time. I was buying real estate for myself, but not for, I wasn't representing and helping other people do it. It was at the time, it was because I read another book by Matthew Kelly. I don't remember which one it was, but he tells a story that I like to share. And his son was sitting on the ground. He was in his study and he was trying to work on this speech that he had to give. And he was just having so much trouble putting his words down to paper in a way. And his son kept badgering him. I need, you know, I want to play with you, dad. I want to, I want to hang out. And so his dad ripped up a piece of paper out of the magazine that had a picture of the world on it, right? The globe. And he said, Hey, into a hundred pieces. And he threw it at his son. He said, Hey, once you figure that puzzle out, I'll spend time with you thinking that it was going to give him at least an hour. Right. His son came back to him less than five minutes later and said, here you go, dad. I finished the puzzle. And his dad was like, how did you do that? You're like five years old. And they're on the other side of that picture of the, of the world was a picture of a man. And he said, well, I just, I just put this man's face back together and boom, Matthew knew exactly what he was going to speak about that day. And that speech, it was once you get the man, right. The world became, can become right. So once you get yourself right, you can get everything else right. It all starts within. And so that really inspired me to say, you know, you can't give what you don't have. And so if you don't have faith, you don't have hope, love, and all of these virtues, then how are you going to help somebody else do that? Mm-hmm. So I took three, four, five years to really get introspective into who I was. So whenever, whatever type of success, whatever came to my, my way, my future wife, right? I was ready because the man was right. Then my world could go be right. So even before real estate, it was, I had blogged. You actually found that old blog. Uh, probably 10 years ago, I started writing on that blog, Ellis. And uh, it was liftfreeman.com. And it was just my mantra that I had just, and when I started my real estate company, it was like, holy cow, this is what this was preparing me for. But if I tried to just do this right at the beginning, it would have been in the wrong vein. It would have been in the wrong focus because I didn't have the man right yet. So that name resonates so deeply with me. And um, uh, that story really helped me understand that um, to get the world right, you got to get the man right. Yeah, that's huge, man. I love that. I love that. Going back to the... the, the um, because we we have brought on a lot of real estate folks on this show. I mean, you know, probably sure. because we're capitalists, right? And we realize that money is really nothing unless it's invested into an asset. And real estate is is really one of the probably best assets to own. Um, sure. So most people are investing in real estate. So, but you talk about this idea of passive income and um and really trying to create some some margin or some freedom to really be able to do what you uh, want to be able to do. I mean how is that different from kind of the traditional way of like buying stocks or bonds? And, you know, I guess in an investment portfolio for, for a young entrepreneur, when should they start looking at beginning to own cash producing assets like real estate? That's a great question. And MJ DeMarco wrote a book called the millionaires fast lane that really set me up for, getting into real estate, but he said any investment, any business that you create has five commandments. 
Those five commandments are there needs to be a need for it. The barrier of entry needs to be high enough that not everybody can do it because they either won't figure it out or there's a, there's a financial barrier. You have to have control of it. You have to be able to scale it either in terms of multitude or magnitude, and it has to be able to allow you to recapture your time. So you have to be able to step away from that. Now, when I applied those five commandments to my investments in stocks and bonds and mutual funds, whatever it was, I did not see that there was a big need for what I was buying. The barrier of entry was extremely low. I had no control of it. I don't know how to scale that other than put more money into it. And it's definitely not producing enough money for me to just step away from for my time. So I started looking at businesses, started to look at franchises. And I went, I was actually working as a franchise consultant with Jimmy John's at the time. And I saw that the owners of those businesses, not only did they own the Jimmy John's franchises, they owned the buildings. Not only did they own the buildings, they owned multiple rental portfolios. And I said, hey, guys, I, I know you're restaurateurs. They're like, no, no, we're not restaurateurs. We, we just like businesses and we like things that produce money while we're not in it. And I said, hmm, so your other business is a bunch of real estate. And they said, yeah, we've got, you know, 200, 300 units that we manage as well. And I said, wow, not only are these guys focusing on businesses that create come because they're serving something they also own real estate that are allowing them uh, to, to actually own instead of a paper asset something hard and then they would talk to me about the taxes they would talk to me about depreciation it was just flying over my head at the time because i wasn't necessarily understanding it and all i was doing was buying and flipping properties and i said well my gosh sure i'm making decent money on every single one of those flips but on my pro forma and my projection there's no there's no line item for Logan's time. I was spending all of my time doing those. And mm -hmm. so it was just another one of those things where I had people around me that were doing the, these types of investments. And so I just went and started educating myself. And that's when I picked up the Rich Dad Poor Dad book. That's when I realized that flipping homes was not a sustainable business. And I needed to get into owning real estate that paid me a long along the, uh, you know, a monthly trajectory and that I didn't need to just go sell every two to three years. And so for me, it was just seeing people doing this in action. And that was the biggest motivating factor for me was to see that it actually working for other individuals who I was working alongside. That's huge. Uh, you, you, that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that, that's a must read. Would you, wouldn't you agree? I, I would definitely agree, you know, just from a, just from a mindset standpoint, just thinking about it, everything differently. And if you want to take it a step further, check out MJ DeMarco, that guy, he, uh, he really opened my eyes to what it meant to actually be an entrepreneur and how to actually create this passive income that we're talking about. MJ DeMarco. Is That's that right. A, in the book, a specific book. He wrote, he has two books. Now he self-published both of them. The first one is called The Millionaire's Fast Lane, and the second book is called Unscripted, and uh, two of the best books that I've ever read. I always like to read books that I read for a second, and I put it down. I'm like, this guy's crazy. And I come back to it four days later. I'm like, hmm, 
I don't think he's crazy. I think he's actually speaking the truth mm. and I should go back to reading that book. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that, that uh, obviously his writing has impacted me deeply. That's huge, man. That's huge. Um, you know, we've, uh, I definitely actually, so I want to do something um, and I'll make sure we get this link up for anyone who's maybe starting out and, and want to understand this idea of passive income and investing in assets and letting those assets bring you income. You know, it's, it's, it's just a, a different way of thinking of actually um, creating income from your, your assets instead of from your job. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a, is a great book that kind of lays this out. I want to give a yep. free free uh, link for anyone who um, is interested in reading that. If you go to kingdomcapitalist.co forward slash real estate, I'm going to create that before we launch this episode. Um, I will give you a free link to that book so that you can read that book on your own. Kingdomcapitalist.co forward slash real estate. Cause I just, I, I believe in that and I, I want to make sure that gets in people's hands. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, we're almost at the end of our time, Logan. Uh, this has just been incredible. I, I want to ask you one, um, one other thing, uh, you know, we have a, a community that we're creating around this podcast show called Kingdom Capitalist. And, um, you have talked just so much about different people you've listened to or people you've read I mean, and talk about just the benefits of being around a, a kind of a like-minded community, especially a community like this, and just maybe where that has taken you in your life and, and why you might encourage somebody else to uh, really get involved or, or just begin to be around a group like this who kind of shares this, this, uh, this mindset? Well, I think that it reminds me of a couple things. And the one that I'll start with is, you know, we don't see the world as it actually is. We see it through our own paradigm and we see it through our own lens. And sometimes being around people that are playing the game at a higher level allows you to see things that you would never have seen before. So spending time with folks that are either doing what you want to do or have the same mindset is extremely important. And I will put this caveat in there. The people that I have always been around, they not only were focused on things that were complete at the theoretical level, so they made sense from a book, right, or from um, just from an ideology, but they were effective at the applied level because I saw them doing it. So people that want to get involved with individuals playing the game at a higher level, there's a lot of talkers out there, and you can find a lot of people like that online. But I would really challenge people to try to find a close-knit group. I started a mastermind five years ago here in Kansas City, so I obviously believe in this principle. You know, the book Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, really challenged me to do that. And I put myself around four or five other individuals that were living for, for Christ, but also, that was the central theme of it, but also they were working on trying to create something that allowed them to step away from from their nine to five jobs. And so uh, not only being around people that are complete at the theoretical level, but they're effective at the applied level is so important. And I know that's who's going to be involved and who is involved with your group, Kingdom Capitalist. You've told me a few people who are already in that. So being able to stretch your mind, you know, your mind is not like a rubber band. When it's stretched, it usually does not snap back. 
your mind is like a plastic bag. So when you stretch it, it stays that way as long as you continue to put that force on it. And the way that you put that force on it is to spend time with people that are elevating your own game. Gosh, I couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to add there. I love that analogy about your brain is not like a rubber band, like, and it is meant to expand and grow. That's but right. It doesn't happen if you don't put new thoughts into it. If you continue exactly to take the right. same actions and think the same thoughts, nothing will change. And probably the easiest way to do that is just to get around people who's who will force your brain to expand read books or mm-hmm. get around people, right? I mean, I had a mentor tell me I can, I, I can project where you will be in five years based on two things, the books you're reading and the people you hang out with. Love and it. that's so true. Logan, uh, man, I'm just so thankful for your brother and so thankful for your story and, and what God is doing in you and through you there in Kansas uh, city and in, in Missouri. And so, um, Man, tell our listeners just where they can um, get a hold of you if, if they want to uh, just talk, you know, talk more or learn more about Live Free Investments. Well, you just said it right there. LiveFreeInvestments.com. Anybody can engage with me there. I have a, you know, one thing from a, from a Christian's man standpoint, after I was married, Ellis, and, and this is me being just really vulnerable with you guys. And that's who I am. I'm a Midwestern boy and I wear my heart on my sleeve. So, you know, you might have to edit this out. I don't know. But being on social media led me down paths that I never needed to be on. And what I mean by that is um, I've been dating my wife or been with my wife since 2014 or 15. So four or five years. And social media is a great tool. But used incorrectly. Social media can lead you down paths of bad thinking, of talking with people that you maybe shouldn't be, and it can also distort your vision of reality really quickly. And so I got off of social media two years ago during Lent here in, 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 uh, in Kansas City, and that's whenever I hired a marketing manager to handle all of my social media. And so I would just say, you know, and Apple makes it really easy. How much time do you spend on that social media? And are you actually creating the content? Are you just consuming it? Mm. Or what are you doing on those things? Because from a Christian standpoint, no matter how hard I tried, I would find myself on women's profiles that I shouldn't be on or uh, going down and and lusting over uh, somebody else's success and feeling really bad about myself. And so I I really would challenge people to make sure to ask yourself of who are you seeking to please when you're on social media and what is your purity of intention on there? And so that's a long way to say that you can find me on social media, but um, my marketing manager sends me messages probably once a week. So if I don't get back to you on social media, (laughs) get on my website and send me an email because I will get back to you that way because I'm not active on my social media except for LinkedIn. So LinkedIn and my website would be the best. Got it. LinkedIn. That's uh, if people I've been telling people, man, LinkedIn, you got to get there. So, and that's a great word. Thank you for that. We'll, we'll leave that in there. And the idea of just a consumer versus a creator, uh, listen, social media is a powerful platform, but it's, it's, it has power. It has power to rule over you, over you if you consume it, but it also has power to change 
your business if you create it, if you see it as a That's exactly creator right. standpoint, right? So, um, man, thank you again. And, um, uh, if, you know, if you're interested in this community to learn more, of course, you can visit us at kingdomcapitalist.co. Uh, there you're going to learn more about our mastermind, uh, this community. And, um, and, 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 and maybe Logan, I don't know, we've, we've even talked about maybe giving some, um, some quick coaching calls from some of our, uh, our guests. So I don't know if you'd be open to that sometime in the future of I'm in. maybe doing something like that. Awesome, man. So there you go, folks. Get some, get some time with Logan. Uh, thanks again, brother. And, uh, uh, thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this show today. If you want to learn more about our community, you're going to want to visit us at kingdomcapitalist.co. There you can find info on our private mastermind and even subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on new shows. And last but not least, land opportunities to get private trainings and coaching calls with the guest of this show. If you're enjoying this show, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and also share this with a friend. We'll see you next time.